All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of ING's podcast. It's not that serious. Joined by my two co-hosts today, two co-hosts and friends, Big Ron and King. What's going on, guys? What's going on, man? Good to be back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Excited to off. talk about college football. Yeah, we've been off the last couple of Fridays, but we're back now. And like I said, we got a, a few big games to, 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 to discuss. Honestly, this week is not the most exciting week. I do think leading up to it, like in the preseason, this was a week that was marked as like a big week. You had the Red River shootout. You had Auburn and Georgia. You had A&M and Bama. But none of those games are intriguing this year. So we're going to start with one of those, Tennessee and LSU. What are y'all thoughts on this game? Tennessee comes in ranked number eight, LSU number 25. Well, I'll go first. I've been singing the praises of old Heisman Hooker. <laughs> and I, I think this week, this is a week where that Tennessee offensive line can flex its muscle. Without Big Mason in the middle for LSU, I, I just think that they can easily take advantage of an LSU defense that isn't that good. And then on the other side of the ball, LSU's offense is in complete disarray. They got weapons on the outside that they don't use. A quarterback who's just dropping back, looks at one receiver, then takes off. The running game is pretty much just the quarterback taking off with the football. I think this is the game Tennessee tunes up the band to get ready for that old third week in October. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously Hendon Hooker is probably, you know, the most dynamic player in this game. He's front runner for the Heisman Trophy, in my opinion. He's completing seven. He's completing 72% of his passes for uh, almost 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. And he's not just a pocket passer. I mean, he's pretty mobile, too. He's very athletic. He's yeah. rushed for another 175 yards and three touchdowns. Tennessee's going to be without their uh, best receiver, though, Cedric Tillman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is true. He uh, had a well, week, I think. Yeah, well <laughs> – he may play, but he, if he does, he'll be very limited. If he yeah, does he's going to be limited. If he plays. Um, but I think uh, they do have they do have a couple of good receivers. One of them, a senior, I think he's more of a big play threat, Ramel Keaton. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, mm-hmm. he's only caught a few passes this year, but he's averaging 23 yards a catch. Oh, wow. Catch the ball. And then another, I think another key to this game is going to be uh, – can Tennessee defensive line get pressure versus LSU? LSU hadn't protected the passer very well this year, but Tennessee also only has nine sacks. So, yeah, um, quarterback, right? That issue. Yeah. yeah. So that matchup could be pivotal for both teams. And then as for my keys for LSU, I mean the questions remain the same. They can't find a way to get the ball to receivers. Like I said, they're making one, and Jaden Daniels just takes off running. I still don't know if that's just him or if the offensive line is just not doing their job because they haven't looked too good either. Malik Neighbors is obviously our our big play threat. He's the only one catching passes this year. Um, now, and as far as I, I got go ahead, run. Do you believe that the O line is struggling, or do you think it's Daniels taking off and running, causing the O line to panic a bit because they don't know where yeah. he is? It's true. I th- I think it's, it's a little bit of both. Uh, the, the offensive line is young. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, he, he's 
he's definitely taking off running a little too much for my for my liking. Now I'm obviously not on you know not there reading the defense and seeing what he's seeing, but I, I just I don't know. I can't I can't answer that yet. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I won't. Uh, I would like for somebody to step up at LSU's backfield and just take charge. We got Emory, Kane, Goodwin, and Josh Williams. They all have about the same amount of carries with all about the same amount of yards. They're all doing fine, averaging close to five yards a carry. But just, just I, I'm not a fan of the running back by committee. And I would just like for somebody to step up and take charge. Yeah, be the guy. What's your thoughts, Train? Yep, I mean, pretty much echoing what you guys said. My question is, can LSU get pressure on Hooker? I think they will. I mean, um, I think the defense, uh, I know you said they hasn't been that good, but I think they've been pretty solid, I mean, considering um, this True. season. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's going to be a key because if Henry Hooker has time to throw, especially throwing the ball downfield, it's going to be a long day for LSU. I feel, you know, with this game being a, a 12 o'clock Eastern time kickoff. Thanks, um, ESPN. Yeah. It's, you know, like um, – Tiger Stadium is, is a tough place to play, but that's usually at night. So, you know, that's definitely going to be an advantage for, uh, for Tennessee this game. Um, Heisman Hooker, you know, as, as we've been called in the last few weeks, has been just dynamic, as Ron says. He's one of the front runners for the Heisman. Tennessee's putting up 559 yards per game on offense, 365 through the air. That's just phenomenal. They're leading the country in yards per game, leading the country in passing yards per game, but they're also a top 35 in rushing as well. LSU's top 20 scoring defense and total defense. So it's strength on strength there. Um, yeah. But um, for LSU, though, we talked about Jaden Daniels. I mean, if you look at his just his throwing stats and put him put it in a vacuum, you would say he's not terrible. 67% of his passes, six touchdowns, no INTs, protecting the football, uh, has a good rushing stats. But the eye test just doesn't – it doesn't align. You know, he's – like you say, he's getting the ball, panicking, Running, he's making plays. He's extending plays. I think that's going to be a big thing for Tennessee. Will they be able to? Um, will they be able to contain him and prevent those big runs? Uh, one thing I'm interested in is Keishon Booty, though. Like we've talked about him for a while. On the season, he has 11 catches for 97 yards. That's not a typo. 11 catches for yeah. 97 yards on the season for a guy who's so, projected to be the top receiver off the board. I'm surprised uh, he's caught that many passes, from what I've seen. Yeah, that's just yeah. I don't know what what uh, what to make of that, and he's the guy who I feel like they have to to get going, or um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I really don't know, don't know what to make of that. Well, yeah. my question for LSU right now in regards to Kayshawn, uh, and it's not just him, but you know Malik Neighbors has only caught twenty two passes. He's the leading receiver on the team. You got Mr. Brian Thomas Jr.'s call 11 passes. You know, for the most part, there's not too many people catching the football. You know, Jaden Days has only completed 89 passes on the season. This is college football. I don't know how many games. It, LSU played, what, about four games this year? Uh, yes. Yeah. Four. Yeah. So, if we remove, you know, they've had some cupcakes with Southern and whatnot. You pull those games where you say, like, well, you're not doing much against quality competition. Yeah, it, it, and we mentioned last week, Daniels had, what, 85 yards passing for the game? Yeah. 
Yeah. Against a not very good Auburn defense. Right. Um, But uh, how much do you think it's on Daniels to get with his receivers? Because LSU has talent at receivers. We know Kayshawn can play. They had a a players-only meeting with the quarterbacks and wide receivers this week, so hopefully something comes of that. Yeah, it's – I mean, uh, right now the leading rusher on the team is Jaden Daniels. 60 carries for 320 yards. I mean, that's that's, that's ridiculous. And my question is, how many of those are design runs? I would, I would say not, not very, not very many from yeah. from, the, from watching the games. Yeah. No, I, I mean you have a kid who's this. This isn't high school football. This is the SEC, and no disrespect to Mister Daniels, but you're not the player that you believe you are right now. Yeah. You know, you can't go out there trying to play like Michael Vick if you're not Michael Vick. You so. I, I just see – I mean, he's got twice as many carries as the, the running backs. Yeah, which is, which is a problem in my opinion. Yeah, I, I just nah, – it's it's too yeah. much. And yeah. then also, like, I heard this when I was watching something on YouTube earlier this week, mentioning about Daniels, uh, how, you know, he has the six touchdowns to zero interception, how he's, you know, not causing turnovers, but they brought up a good point, though. They said, yeah, he's not turning the ball over in the air, but that's also because he's not taking chances down the field. He's yeah, not he's taking on. chances in the passing game. If receiver is not pretty much wide open and has two or three steps on the defender, he's not throwing the ball. He's oh. tucking it and running. All right. Would you like to know what he's averaging per pass? What, six average? yards? Seven. Seven, okay. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I knew it wasn't much. Yeah, that's <laughs> – I mean – that that's pretty horrible. I think I think it was nine a couple of weeks ago when I brought that up. So and it's just got worse since then. Just, I mean, I'm not sure what they can do. I mean, you have to stick with Jaden Daniels, I'd assume. But oh, yeah, definitely that. Yeah, Nuss the little bit Nussmeyer's played, he's turned the ball over too much. So yeah, it's. I, I but eventually, you know, when they go to play Bama, and even this week they play Tennessee. Tennessee's going to push the ball down the field. Right. I do not know how they keep pace with Hooker and company. Now, I I will counter this, though. Um, This is going to sound so counterintuitive here, but I feel like with LSU's um, just no identity offense and Jaden Daniel extending drives, that's something that's honestly going to be somewhat of a strange benefit to them because Tennessee likes to play with tempo. They like, you know, sure. to run the ball. I mean, so if LSU can extend drives and keep that time, time, of, uh, time, time of possession, you know, in their favor, then they will have a chance just by keeping the ball away from that exciting Tennessee offense. But um, how long uh, can Jaden Daniels and this chaos of an offense keep? Yeah, exactly. Going? You know, I, I do agree. Like at some point, something has to change. Uh, I'm not saying you have to change quarterbacks, but you have to change your approach. To what yeah, you're we're gonna, we're gonna find out a lot about uh, LSU this week. Yeah, you know, matchup of the week for the big boys. We get to see the young sophomore Joe Mincy versus another NFL guy, <laughs> BJ. Because you know Brian Kelly is going to put number eighteen over the young starter. Which, once again, son, <clears throat> you faced a couple of you know future pros. 
you handle Mr. BJ next week. You got that beast in Will Anderson. You handle that assignment. You can write his own paycheck. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but yeah, uh, that game, as we said, 12 yeah. o'clock Eastern time kickoff, 11 time local. It's going to be an interesting game. We'll see what happens. We'll talk about it a little more later uh, when we draw our picks. Uh, mm-hmm. Next game, though, also same time slot, 12 o'clock. Um, 11 o'clock uh, local time. TCU at Kansas. Uh, <laughs> Kansas, first time being ranked since 2009. TCU, back in the rankings for the first time in the past three years. TCU's offense has been elected this season, putting up 550 yards of offense a game. A very balanced attack. Kansas has just been just been riding high. Like, you know, uh, undefeated. Um a lot of excitement, college game days going there. What do y'all got you guys thoughts on this game? Who would have thought at the beginning of this season we'd be talking about this game? Yeah. yeah. 4-0 TCU versus 4-0 Kansas. 5-0. Someone, oh, excuse me. Yeah, 5-0 Kansas. Excuse me. You're right. Uh, someone's O has got to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, as, as far as for TCU, back Max Duggan, he's been doing mm-hmm. a really good job this year. He's completing 74.5% of his passes for 1,000 yards with 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. Leading the nation in passing efficiency. Got to be at the, with those numbers. No, no he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're running back. I'm not sure how you say his name. I don't know if it's Kendry or Keandre. Yeah, Kendry Miller is averaging 7.6 yards per carry with 386 yards and five touchdowns on the year. It's a... So the, those two have been just this offense has been putting up a lot of points. Yeah. And uh, as far as on defense, D Winters, I think is a key player for them on defense. He's he's third on the team in tackles, uh, with nine but he also has three and a half sacks to go along with that. Right. In Kansas, they've been winning games. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure, you know, I'm, I'm about too much of their competition they played so far. I mean, yeah, the schedule really is going to pick up here. West Virginia, I guess, is the best team they played. Maybe Iowa State, but no, I, I would say Iowa State. I would say okay. Iowa State. Right, yeah, I hadn't watched Iowa State uh, since I couldn't tell you when. Seneca uh, Wallace? Seneca Wallace. I, I was trying to think of the quarterback, <laughs> and I couldn't think of who it was. Okay, Seneca Wallace. Thank That's you. I was going to say. Um, but uh, their quarterback this year, Jalen Daniels, not to be confused with Jaden mm-hmm. Daniels. No. Uh, he's he's completing 68% of his passes. You know, it's pretty good for 983 yards. Also has 11 touchdowns, one interception. But he's run for 329 yards and five touchdowns. Right. Um, pretty sure he's leading the team in rushing. I'm not 100% on that. But uh, they, they, they also have a big uh, defensive end in Lonnie Phelps. Who has five sacks already this year? And mm-hmm. Kansas has a team has fifteen sacks, so they've been getting after the quarterback a little bit. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's three per game. You know, that's, yeah, they. That's what I was going to touch on. You know, that defense led by Rich Miller, kid out of Detroit, linebacker senior. Kids having a heck of a season. He's got almost over forty tackles. Uh, easily the guy on that defense in the middle, making plays. And like you said, you're talking about Big Phelps. I mean, he's getting after the quarterback. Five sacks, 
and there's quite a few guys on this team because he, you know, he's the leader in sacks, but there's a few people on this team who, who are getting after the quarterback as well. Yeah, it's not it's not so just him. It's not yeah. just one guy. So I'm wondering, TCU, how are you gonna deal with that pass rush? You know, because yeah, the competition hasn't been elite. You know, West Virginia, Houston, Duke, Iowa State, uh, Tennessee Tech. But then, you know, we look on the flip side. Texas A&M has yet to figure out where the quarterback is. <laughs> you know, they they can't seem to find him. So, and, and it doesn't matter who they play. So, <laughs> Kansas, they know how to get to the quarterback. TCU, how are you going to keep a quarterback who, when healthy, in the pocket, can make the throws? How do you keep him upright this week? Because that's going to be the big test. Uh, but hats off to the Kansas players. I'm going to focus on Kansas because, I mean, this is probably the one and only time. Hey, if, if it was the end of the football season and you told me Kansas had five wins on the year, I'd be like, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, mean, I know, right? Great that, job. That's what I say. You've got – uh, to turn that team around. We've got <laughs> right? their running back, Devin Neal, the kids yeah. from Lawrence – He's got through over three hundred yards. Mm-hmm. Then he splits time with Daniel Fishaw. He shows interest though. Yeah, now that's a big. He key. was quite off the field against Iowa State. Yeah, yeah. that's a big. And, key. and he was he was a good uh, receiving back. Yeah. yeah, he had a couple big plays in the passing game. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. You know, you're missing him this week. I would assume Mr. Morrison's going to have to step up. You know that. They're going to need somebody to replace Mr. Daniel for at least some time being, you know. Yeah. So I'm expecting him to step up. But, no, look, hats off to Kansas. Yeah. What's your thoughts? Yeah, like, exactly. Hats off to Kansas. Uh, I'm going to start with TCU first, though. Um, As mentioned, you know, their offense has just been electric. Max Dugan leading the the nation in passing efficiency. I am interested to see how if Quentin Johnston kind of step up. He's a guy coming into the season – was getting late first, early second round projections, but he hasn't really set the road on fire so far this year. Um, but we'll see if he picks that up. As mentioned earlier, Kendra Miller has been just amazing this year, 7.6 yards per carry. If I'm not mistaken, I think I saw a stat where among people with qualified um, uh, attempts, he's leading the nation in that stat. Uh, the backup also is averaging 7.6 yards per carry, but he doesn't have enough stats, to, I mean, enough carries to qualify for the lead. Yeah, but moving to Kansas, though. Like you said, um, Jaden Daniels has been amazing. He's also getting some Heisman buzz right now. Will that stay as as the schedule picks up? Uh, probably not. But as of right now, 16 total TDs, one INT. You know, you can't really ask for anything more, more than that. You mentioned Devin Neal being explosive, averaging 6.8 yards a carry in his first five games. Really has to pick it up, though, with uh, um, the injuries to Daniel Heshaw. Um What I'm looking forward to with Kansas, though, well, actually, what I'm excited about with Kansas is that, like, in their first four games, they averaged 48.5 yards per game. You know, offense just explosive. But against Iowa State, offense didn't really do much. But the defense is what led the way. You know, they went 14 to 11. So they so they won with, with high scoring offense, but they also won with their defense. So and I think that's a mark of a good team to be able to win when, you know, uh, everything is not clicking in, in, in to win in multiple different ways. So, yes. um, so that's a, a a great bright spot for Kansas. If, if they were still just blowing teams, I mean, I mean, just putting up forty five points a game, 
and, you know, winning games, I would have questions about the defense, but the defense showed last week that they can step up when needed. But what I'm interested in seeing, though, is moving forward with Kansas. I don't want to look ahead, you know, past TCU at all. But um, I will say, when they were, like, 4-0, there was talk of, well, they're probably going to lose, like, six of their next seven games. But Oklahoma's not setting the world on fire right now. Baylor right. looks beatable. Um, Texas looks beatable. Kansas State is, is a good team, but they're not world beaters. Um, Texas Tech, not world beaters. So, and then they get Oklahoma State at home. So, they can win more games. You know, they can conceivably win seven, hey. eight, nine. Hey, games. just remember, Texas is back, okay? This, this is true. <laughs> Texas is back. They're going to be back this week. Yeah, this is true. This uh, I don't know about that, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, so it's a game I'm looking forward to watching. Uh, I'm definitely going to be checking in on it uh, when I can. But, yeah, Tech, TCU and Kansas, if anything, to be one of the more exciting games, you know. And I'm interested to, to see that crowd, like how, you know, that basketball school, school reacts to a, a top 25 Kansas team. It's going to be interesting. Hopefully they show up. Yeah, I think they, I think, I think they will for this week. one. Yeah, they sold out last week. And, and if they sold out last week, they're going to sell out this week for sure. Yeah. Well, g- congrats to those kids. Yeah. All right, but uh, moving on. Also, we have a, a big Pac-12 matchup. Also, uh, we got number eleven Utah against number eighteen UCLA. Utah bounced back after their opening game loss against Florida. They've won four in a row since then. UCLA is five and zero right now. Although you can question the competition. Um, yeah. You guys have any thoughts on this game? Okay, I'll start off. One UCLA. They're ranked number 18. Um, they play Bowling Green, Alabama State, which I can't believe they play, paid those kids to go all the way across the country, and they only beat them 45-7. to seven. <laughs> They struggled with Southern Alabama, another team you paid to come all the way across the country to only beat 32-31. to 31. And then, you know, you, you play Colorado, who just fired their coach, and you got a close win over Washington. All of their tough wins were at home. I I don't get it. I, I understand they're undefeated, so you put them in the polls, you rank them. But I don't think this is a very good football team. I, I Nobody jumps off the page. You're not a believer uh, in Chip Kelly and the Bruins? No, not at all. <laughs> um, I'm gonna talk about their. Uh, yes, they do have a guy in Latu who's rushing the pass. So he's got six sacks, but once again, you know, you're playing against Alabama State. You're playing against <laughs> South Alabama. You know, just because you get, go and get three, four sacks against those schools or Colorado. What does that really mean? Say he's padding the stats a little bit. Exactly. I think I think there's a lot of stat padding going on with UCLA. <laughs> I know. And as far as Utah, I think Utah is a better football team. Uh, I think they've you know they've looked a lot better since come off that loss opening week. But I and I know I'm typically the one on the Wednesday show saying, "Hey, we don't really give too much love to the Pac-12." Looking at this, this is why. This is why. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that statement. And, yeah, UCLA, man, their competition has been pretty weak uh, so far. I, I do like I do like Latu. 
I mean, he's he's a big kid playing yes. linebacker, six four, two sixty five. As uh, King mentioned, he got six sacks. He also got two forced fumbles, but like you said, against not so good competition, right? Um, UCLA also has a big wide receiver, uh, and Jake Bobo. He's six foot five, two hundred fifteen pounds. He transferred from Duke this year. Not mm-hmm. sure why. I guess kids just wanted to train. He was having a good, uh, pretty good career at Duke, but I guess his kids just transferred how they want this year, you know, yeah. nowadays. Uh, Jake's the son of Coach Mike Bobo, who was quarterback at Georgia, uh, was on Georgia staff for a long time. Yeah. He was the head coach at Colorado State. Uh, he was the interim coach of South Carolina after they fired Will Muschamp. Oh, wow. um, So he got a little pedigree there. But uh, Jake has uh, – And he plays the game the right way. Oh, he plays the game the right way. Brings his lunch pail to work. Very Obviously, as of state, his son of a coach. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's, he's UCLA's lead receiver. He's got 21 catches, 363 yards, and three touchdowns. UCLA does spread the ball around a pretty good bit. Yes, they do. But with that said, he's going to have a tough matchup versus Utah secondary. Utah secondary seems to be pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, Two of their top three tacklers this year are uh, their safeties, Cole Bishop and R.J. Hubert. Hubert has two interceptions, two forced fumbles, and an interception return for a TD. They also have a cornerback in Clark Phillips III, who already has four interceptions this year and yeah. uh, one return for a touchdown. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah. No, no you good. Uh, as for uh, Utah's offense, they kind of have the same problem as LSU. They can't uh, seem to get the ball to their receivers. No. Two of their top three pass catchers are their tight ends. Dalton Kincaid is one of them. He's got 19 catches for 257 yards and five touchdowns. He seems to be uh, Cameron Rising's uh, favorite target, especially in the red zone. Yeah, he's a pretty big-body kid. Yeah, so. he, is. yeah he is. He also plays the game the right way. He's also a guy who uh... – has a receiver background, but I'm mistaken. He's a receiver and kind of, you know, okay. came back in. yeah, makes sense. Fair enough, fair enough. What's your thoughts, Trent? Yeah, so uh, you mentioned Clark Fiddle. That's the guy I kind of wanted to highlight here. Uh, he's a guy who is rising up the draft boards, potential first round pick, as you mentioned last week. Three INTs, including one pick six, four on the season. I'm gonna be intrigued to see that matchup against Jake Bobo. I don't know if they're gonna like you know have him on him because. Uh, Clark Fiddle, if I'm not mistaken, is like 5'10 or 5'11. Jake Bobo, as you mentioned, 6'5. So it's going to be a very interesting matchup. But uh, he's definitely a guy who's positioned himself as one of the top corners in the country right now. As for UCLA, though, I'm interested in seeing how um, Dorian Thompson Robinson plays. He's been pretty explosive this season, not just you know due to air, but also with his legs. Uh, the running back, Zach Charbonnet, is actually actually pretty good, though. He's I think he's fourth in the Pac 12 in rushing right now. So he's a guy who is probably the best pro prospect. So UCLA doesn't really have that many great pro prospects. Right no. now. He's probably the best guy, if I had to guess. As far as, like, you know, going back to Utah, you know, I mentioned Clark Phillips. Ron mentioned the, 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 the tight ends, you know, like like they have three tight ends who are top five in receiving. Dalton Kincaid and Brent Cuthie, however you say his name, leads the way, you know, there. And, and Cameron Rising has not been shy going to him. One thing that's interesting to me, though, Tavion Thomas, last season, was first-team All-Pac-12. He had a pretty good game against Florida, but he hasn't done much since. 
And I'm reading that he has been replaced by a freshman, Jaden Glover. So we'll see if that lights the fire under Thomas because he's a very talented kid. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. I, I think it's more of a message being sent as, 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 uh, as opposed to a true demotion. At least that's what I would think. But I don't have any inside knowledge of that. I will say one thing about uh, Utah. Um, I noticed they got a, quite a few kids on that roster from the from Texas, but specifically East Texas. I've seen quite a few kids from Katy, Beaumont on that football team, getting playing time. Um, just saying about you know Pac-12 schools reaching down into Houston area. It says once again a whole lot about Texas. You're letting players who shouldn't leave the state leave the state. Um, and also looking at Latu's stats from UCLA, the kids got five sacks between Colorado and Alabama State. So I, I think <laughs> there's you disappear for every other game. I, I just I just don't believe in UCLA. I I, I think they're frauds. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Hot take. Hot take. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's much of a hot team. Now, I will say this, though. <laughs> against, against that competition, UCLA has been putting up 500 yards a game. True. Um, and the, both defenses have been solid. Both defense, defenses are, like, top 25. I think Utah's defense is in the top 15 in total defense. But, mm-hmm. again, competition. So, um, UCLA hasn't really been tested since, I mean, uh, with, with the exception of the game at Washington, which is actually a, a good victory. Well, Washington's been playing pretty well. So but, They were tested against South Alabama. Well, yeah. Well, I guess what I meant as far as competition, they haven't faced a quality team since then. But, yeah, you're right. You're right. South Alabama pushed them to the brink. Yeah. I, I think that's a bit embarrassing when you pay a team to fly across the country and they push you to the absolute brink. I know. I, all right. And speaking of getting pushed to the brink, I don't expect Auburn or Texas A&M to push Georgia and Bama to the brink. Uh, <laughs> my, my question is simple. Do you think any of these games are going to be competitive? <laughs> um, uh, well, have, oh, hey, if I have to pick one, uh, I'll go Auburn, Georgia. I'll go Auburn, Georgia. Okay. Um, well, Auburn showed some signs of life last week early on against LSU with uh, Robbie Ashford at quarterback. Yeah. You know, yeah. they jumped out to a 17-0 lead before self-imploding. And yes. then and then struggled Georgia <laughs> struggled. Georgia struggled with Mizzou. But uh this week I think Georgia has a point to prove and I think they're going to prove it against Auburn and I think they're going to blow the doors off of them. Yeah, I kind of yeah. agree. I I agree that uh, since we played some Finley with Ashford, I think Auburn's offense has looked a little bit better. Um, Ashford's uh, pretty electric, uh, especially on the ground. Um, but I'm with you. Like, I think Georgia, you know, they was embarrassed last week. They got the win, but I think they were embarrassed. So I think they're going to come out with a point to prove. And I expect um, the Bennett to Bowers combination to be very frequent and very fruitful this game. I'm just amazed looking at Auburn. You know, both quarterbacks have been bad. Ashford is completing just over 50% of his passes. And I forgot the other kid's name, Finley. Yeah, he's got way more interceptions than touchdowns. Both quarterbacks have been terrible. Um, Yeah, I don't... don't, It's not so much praise for Auburn. It's more so with A&M. I expect Bryce Young to play. 
But even if he doesn't, they're never going to touch the quarterback. So (laughs) at at a certain point, if you're just sitting there, every receiver gets open eventually. You know, and and that's what that's what happens to Aiden. These receivers get open because they have tons of time. Yeah, um, that that's why I I was going to pick A and M. You know, as the ones to keep it closer. I don't think they have a uh, snowball's chance in hell winning the game. Yeah. But uh, the the team has talent. Um, but if you can't coach talent, it don't mean anything. But I think right. if they treat this game like they're, uh, and especially if Bryce Young can't play, but I have a, I have a hunch he's gonna play, and uh, I th- they might hang in there for a little while. But Bama's gonna win. I don't. I honestly don't think either one of these games is gonna be close. I got a question for the both of you. Do you think it's time that AM lets the freshman look? just just toss those that huge freshman class in? Yeah. Um, At this point, well, I guess what they got what two they, loss two losses already? Yeah, two mm-hmm. losses. So if they lose Saturday, uh, it gives them three losses. I think after after Saturday, if they if they get to their third loss, then you just let them freshmen out there. You have nothing to lose at that point. They they signed a big freshman quarterback. They sound big freshmen, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot the quarterback. I forgot the kid's name. But, you know, I just think at this point, what's the worst that can happen? All right. You know, the freshmen might not. I think this is the week to throw them in. Because some of these freshmen, they're not even going to realize how crazy playing in Tuscaloosa really can be. Yeah. They won't and- realize how big of a moment it is. They'll just go play football. Now, also, like you know, talking about letting them loose, you might want to give them some playing time because you know these days that transfer portal and the, yeah. these, losing these games, those kids are going to be going elsewhere. You can guarantee that. This is true. Any thoughts, Trey? Uh, 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 so yeah, <laughs> I think both these guys going to be blowouts. Um, like I said earlier about Auburn and Georgia, I think Georgia has a point to prove. When it comes to Bama and A and M, there there is that question about Bryce Young. You know, will he play? Will he not? Right now, we don't know. But even if he doesn't play, I think Jalen Miro would do fine because A and M is in the bottom third in the country in rush defense. I think they're actually in the bottom fourth, but I'm kind of mm. nice here. And as, as King Gardy said, quarterback either. Exactly. So you have so if Jalen Miro's in the game and you you know and, you know you're employing more of the option game getting him in space, then I think Bama's going to rush for 300 yards. They gave up one, like almost 150 to Mississippi State, a team who just, you know, doesn't commit to the run as much. Doesn't run the ball. Um, so, yeah, I just think Bama's going to just run all over him. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of, like, will um, Bryce Young play? That's, like, the only thing that I'm interested in seeing. But, I, just, I, I, I yeah, I, I think Bama rose. But will they cover? We don't know. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> I, I, I'm I don't know. It like this team is getting players. I mean, you signed Walter Nolan this past season. I you know that's supposedly best player in the country. I mm-hmm. I I've yet to see his name. Like see him on the field. I think I'm he recovered a fumble. I, uh, I think he recovered a fumble against Mississippi State. Oh my god! That's like the. <laughs> That's a low bar to say. Hey, <laughs> you know, hey he's on the stat sheet. He is on the stat sheet. He's on the stat sheet, yeah. But is it 
against Arkansas, when they're running power football, you know, when I expect, okay, this is when a kid can flex his muscle. He's a big, strong kid. He's nowhere to be found. I, I this team baffles me. I, I, I have the feeling. Welcome to A and M football. Yeah, I just have the feeling at the end of the season, like Run said, I think some of these kids are gonna be sitting there looking in the locker room, looking around, and waiting to just run out the doors, because this team is in shambles. Now maybe they get it together this week and they can put up twenty points. Maybe they'll tap Bryce Young's shoulder head. They're not gonna bring him down. They might get a finger on him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, it'll be interesting, and I think whether it's whether it's Milro, whether it's Bryce Young, it don't matter. I think they're gonna blow him out. And if it's a lot of options, and maybe some RPO, which segues to our next segment, the RPO here. RPO. Uh, all right, you know Save the drill. Segment. You know the drill. Read the headline. We'll um. If you want to run with it, we run with it. If not, we'll pass with it. Kind of a slow news week, but we got a, a few topics here, including one that uh, I just found today. So we'll, you know, you guys don't know about this yet. So we'll talk about it. But, all right. So we'll start with this first one here. Saban says Bryce Young is still day to day, but it's now practicing. Game day decision. I mean, I'll, I'll run with this one. Um. Don't really have much to say. I mean, usually if you practice, you can play. Yeah. But but of course, Saban's gonna keep this close to the chest and make you know make A and M prepare for two different quarterbacks. I mean, Which that's what any do. Yeah. Yes, what any coach would do. Yeah, the same thing Arkansas doing with um KJ Jefferson. Right. You know. So. But but also and if Oklahoma. he can, right yeah Oklahoma. But if uh, say Bryce Young can't play, it'll give the Aggies a confidence boost. I think. False confidence, but still a boost nonetheless. It's yeah. part of quarter and a half of confidence. <laughs> it, it's just not going to make a difference. They're not going to touch him. I, <laughs> I, I, I just – that team has, has faced weaker offensive lines and hasn't gotten close. Yeah. Remember, uh, remember that Auburn slander we had a few weeks ago? Now we're getting into the the, the A and M slander. Oh, but we've also been slander A and M pretty much every single week. Like A and M has true. been a punching bag for us every week, and, and it's nothing against A and M. It's just they provide well, the uh the... they provide the... <laughs> right. Yeah, we, don't don't yeah. get me start don't get me started on the on the Yale leaders and Yale practice. And oh, stuff. I, mean, I can go all day on that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, no, no, it's that's about all they're gonna do is yell. <laughs> The the fight's gonna get kicked out of him soon, but I expect Bryce Young to play. But also, if you're Nick Saban, I would expect you know go out there tell Bryce, hey, you got a half a football. Go out there, go put up forty in the first half. Get your ball cap. Have a seat for the second half. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the second of three Bama news. Uh, this one also you know I didn't bring up, but um. Nick Saban was criticized after his post-game interview when that. What was he criticized about? Uh, so you want to run with it. So basically, uh, after oh. the game, he was interviewed by Jenny uh, Dale, who asked him, quote, your high school trophy winner Bryce Young goes down, the rest of the team steps up. What do you learn about the resiliency of your squad? To which he responded, you know, I, I would like to talk about our team. Our team just won a road game, wasn't pretty all the time. They had to make him. We love Bryce. Bryce has got a sprained shoulder. 
Uh, you know, hopefully we'll get some uh, diagnosis how it goes. But what about the game? What about the team? What about the players that played the game? Basically, they were criticizing because they asked him about how the, how the team stepped up, and he's asking, but what about the team? Um, <laughs> that's just, I mean, so basically, saving being saving. So Saban answered their question about he had the prepared comment. Like, you, you could tell he had that prepared, basically. It's like, you know, yeah. right. about Christ, you know, I'm going to talk about the team, but she basically said he, the team stepped up. Right. Yeah. So they asked you, hey, what about the way your team played? And he responded with, what about how my team played? Yeah, I mean he he's a, he's a robot at this point. I'm sure he's just, you know, he's on coast when he goes to these, you yeah. know, yeah. interviews and stuff. He he's done it so many times. I, I, I guess it. after seeing that man rant <laughs> over a coke bottle and then have <laughs> also this infamous rant of him talking about the designing water bottle on the, it, it. That's that's just what he does. You know, these nope. press conferences don't mean anything to him. Nope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, next one. Multiple SMU players to sit out the rest of the season and then transfer. <sighs> I want to pass on this so bad because I'm just tired of NIL and the transfer portal mm-hmm. topics, but I'm going to run with this one because I think it's a little a new, a uh, little, I won't say pitfall, but a nuance that's, uh, you know, having to do with the the new transfer window. Yeah. So now these guys, these guys can't go into the portal immediately, you know, because they have to wait till the window opens at the end of the season. Yeah. But what these kids are trying to do is preserve their red shirt. Exactly. That's so, what I was going to so, bring up the new yes. red shirt rules that was put into effect a couple of years, three years ago, where you know you can play four games with their red shirt. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Going to see more of this because uh, I think it's a smart move on their behalf. If they're if they're you know if they made the decision they're going to transfer already, why burn your red shirt? Exactly. I will. I, I will say this. Looking at it, I think truthfully, for kids like this at SMU, and we we've had this discussion before about the transfer portal. You have a position on a football team. Is it so bad sometimes just to put your head down? And work, fight for that spot because you can say, "Oh, I'm a transfer. This school needs this." We've mentioned it. Most of <laughs> these kids have to go play D two football, right? Yep. Go to junior college, and and I tried looking up these kids, and there wasn't too much to be found on them. So yeah, exactly. I, I don't think they're going to be going to the Bamas and the you know and the Ohio States of the world. Yeah, I think there's four players and nothing. Like neither neither was like really big contributors, right? I just think some. I, I, but I think one I, was a contributor, but you know, I, one was. Yeah, I believe okay. nowadays there is hard work and consistency are free. People, <laughs> it, it it costs you nothing to work hard and to show up. You're on the football team. You've already made it to college football. You're playing D one. Football, I believe they're in the American, correct? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. SMU is in the American Conference. You're in the American Conference. You have an opportunity to play on national TV. The, all you got to do is work hard. Now you're going to transfer out, go to Tennessee Tech. I just, I don't, or in some of these kids' cases, they ended up at Houston Baptist, you know, which is not even the good Christian school around Texas, because if you are, you want to go to East Texas Baptist. <laughs> TBU? Hey, those look, 
They'll pray for you after they drop eight <laughs> points in your head. Hey, they, they got they got nice facilities. I actually, almost uh, went to college there. I don't know. East Texas Baptist, they run the score up on kids. I don't know how they. On Saturday they raise hell. On Sunday they'll pray for you after they raise hell. But they just, I don't understand why these kids cut loose so fast. I. I, I think it's just. I think it's just this generation. I'm getting old, man. This this generation is different. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't like it. They I understand why you want to leave sometimes, but you leave SMU. What where do these kids think when the Bama kids and the LSU kids leave? They go to the SMUs or lower. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, speaking of transferring, uh, Quinn Euros to return against Oklahoma. I'm going to pass on this one. And with that pass, I think I've passed more times than Quinn Euros has in college football. Sounds about right. Yeah, I'm passing. I mean, it's it's an irrelevant Red River shootout. Agreed. Uh, Kansas to host ESPN's college game day for the first time ever. Hey, I'm running all day with this one. (laughs) Kansas, Kansas has been terrible at football for years. I mean, like you said, they ranked for the first time since 2009. You said earlier, I was shocked they were ranked in 2009. Uh, so, I hope the Jayhawks can keep this going. Um, Congratulations to them for college game day. But uh, to dim their shine just a bit. Remember, college game day did go to, to Boone. Hey, the State. Hey, the, yeah. game, that, the game was game of the week. It ended in a Hail Mary. Yeah, it, it did. did. It did. It, it did. did. And they lost it the next week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, was the, that was the next week. <laughs> I mean, I... No, no, no. The week, the week after, I'm saying. Like, the week after that. I'm yeah. starting to believe college game day is so pissed off with Texas A&M <laughs> that they're just making... They're like, no. Yeah. We're going to go to Boone. Now we'll go to Lawrence. <laughs> Because they're gonna go to Miami, we're gonna go to Ada, uh, Baba. They they're, gonna, gonna go, they're gonna go to Syracuse next week. <laughs> Syracuse, aren't they five and oh? I don't know. I don't, oh think lord, so. I was joking. Uh, I hope not. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, <laughs> but think I honestly do not know. Pretty sure they're not. I, I know they lost the game when I was watching. Oh, okay, that's okay. Oh, they are five and oh. Yeah, I mean, they, look, they go to Syracuse next week. They won a game. Hang okay? it up. Are you kidding? <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> they were playing a game a few weeks ago, I was like, "Oh, Syracuse is down." Uh, yeah, okay, you're right. That's five. Oh, are we in an alternate universe now? <laughs> I think we are. Where All these basketball schools, man? All right. Yeah. March Madness in the fall. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> it's wow. <laughs> yeah, all I can say is wow. But I have one more. I, I mean, uh, one more uh, RPO that I just found. Whatever. Audubon Christmas Tide among schools to not disclose NIL data. Well, I mean, oh, gotta run. Uh, I mean, of course not. I mean, Nick Saban from the Bill Belichick of information giving. You're not going to get anything out of him ever about anything. So, not surprised yeah. about yeah. by any means. I'm not shocked. You know, to piggyback off of what Ryan said, Saban really believes in no snitching. <laughs> he's not he's not telling the reporters anything he sees them as the ops 
<laughs> it really yeah. does. Yeah, it's but I will say this, and we talked about it Wednesday, Train. I think that's actually information that should be disclosed. Yeah, I, it, I agree. It, it definitely should be public. Whole party. Why that is that ha- that information can even be private for a multitude of reasons. Number one, what we remember, what we talked about. Do you really believe Auburn's really spending the most money on NIL? No, no. So I where's that money going? You know, number one, where's the money actually going? Because we see the product on the field. Two, how many other programs are spending just as much money as Auburn, and how many are spending more? Yeah, and for for me, the thing that I find uh, most interesting is the fact that Auburn, not Auburn, sorry, Nick Saban was so critical of Jimbo Fisher and asking for transparency, yet when requested <laughs> information, refused to comment. I'm not saying I'm not saying Saban refused to comment, but still, you know, his university refused to to release the information, and according to uh, a and M was also uh, reached out as well. And they they say they will provide hundreds of records, but they have not provided those records. So, train right. Uh, you know the old state. phrase: "Do as I say, not as I." Do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All not our parents told us that. Hypocrite, but you know. Yeah, it's again because I don't know if he he has the the uh, say so to release that information, but it's interesting to say the least. I, I just and like eventually we will have our nil episode and. I have a few ideas of you know who maybe we could bring on the fourth to kind of help do that because to get us get side that we haven't discussed yet with NIL. Yeah, but I, high school coach. Yeah, I got the feeling because NIL has gotten to the point now. Most of these people are spending crazy amounts of money, but I'm seeing very few in commercials. I'm seeing very few on billboards. Very few on anything yeah, yeah i think it's more their local communities and like you know local tv commercials and stuff like that but yeah it's, it's not Ooh. national that's for sure yeah well, like Giffen said it best it's legalized cheating no oh, yeah. and nobody would know it better than him yeah uh-huh. it's uh, i just believe nios is going to cause problems and it goes back to what we say with the smu you know some of y'all are going to lose out on everything. You're going to lose out on everything chasing something that 99 out of 100 are not going to ever attain. Exactly. But you yeah. know what? It's all worth it as long as I get my NCAA video game back. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if that's a bright spot, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I deal with. Want to talk about one day? It's, it's, it's a double A football game, but that's something that as we get more news, I would like to. Um, yep, you know, I agree. We can, we can, we can, we can uh, bust it out one week. I, I can't wait to stream and have the duck back on the field. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think any of us can wait for that. Oh no! no. Uh, all right, yeah, but moving on. Uh, so. We're going to do our picks here. You know, we called the six-pack pick, pick them for, for a while, but then we realized this is INT's podcast. What are you doing to INT? You take it back to six. Oski, Oski, Oski. That's true, too. But this oh, is yeah. Now, Get you a block. This is now officially called, renamed, finally, we got a name, the Pick Six. 
So that's what we call this from now on. And the pick six, you know, it, it's, it's been absent the last couple of weeks due to scheduling conflicts, but we're back. As of right now, Run and King are both seven and five. I'm six and six. I protest that, but, you know, we'll, we'll, um, hmm. you know, catch up later, though. Uh, <laughs> what was that? Oh, no, I just said, hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. But the first game we can talk about here TCU at Kansas. Kansas is actually, I mean, sorry, TCU is a six and a half point favorite in this game. Number 17 TCU, number 19 Kansas. This is the game of the week for ESPN. Okay. I'll go first really quickly. I'll be the dream crusher. TCU is probably going to win this football game. Hats off to Kansas, but no, TCU will win this football game. I'm in agreement with, uh, with King. TCU wins the game. Their their offense is just too good, I believe. I think they're going to put up too many points. I'm going to be pulling for the Jayhawks all day. Oh, uh, yeah. As for as far as this contest goes, I'm going with TCU. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be a clean sweep here. I'm also going TCU. I think, you know, the magic ends here. But I do think Kansas, you know, got a few more wins under their belt. But I, I just don't think this is one of them. Quick question. Hey. Do you think Kansas can get a winning season this year? I Hey, they need one more to get bowl eligible, and that's a win for them. I say, you know, yeah, I say they have seven games. I think they, I think they can get two games. I say yes. Okay, okay, that's all I wanted to know. All right, next that's game. All I wanted to know. All right. Number What's eight, the next game. Number eight, Tennessee at number twenty-five LSU. <sighs> I'll go first. In Death Valley. I'll go first on this one. I'm going with the homer pick. I'm taking LSU. I wish it was a night game in Tiger Stadium because, I mean, that atmosphere is just different, and I think we'd have a better chance to win. But, uh, like I said, I'm going with the homer pick. Not too happy about it. But I, I do not like the 11 a.m. kickoff because ESPN still thinks people care about baseball. So I guess they're showing a baseball game Saturday night. So we yeah, get that's an a, 11 a.m. kickoff. Yeah. Um. On that note, real quick, before you uh pick Ron, me or uh, King, like um, it's crazy to me how that's like three, like three of the best games. Well, not best game, but like two of the more uh, interesting games are 11 p.m. Kick, I mean 11 a.m. kickoffs. Like I just don't understand why they were like you know like you know, got Tennessee, LSU, and then TCU and Kansas also at the same time slot. I mean, put, a, put us on the U. Put us on the yeah. SEC network. Why, then, you know, then why are we at case, 11 a.m.? And then in my case, as Mississippi State fan, Mississippi State plays on the same time slot as well. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Go ahead. with LSU? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. LSU, Tennessee. Um, I believe it's going to be more of LSU. Because at this point, LSU, you know, they are who they are. Um, until proven otherwise, I don't think this is the week. It's uh much is going to change for LSU. Um, I believe Heisman Hooker is going to have a big day. I I believe that big offensive line for Tennessee is going to give him the time in the pocket. I think they're going to be able to run the football when they choose to. I and I believe Jaden Dan is drop back and then take off running. And that's why I'm picking Tennessee. I'm actually picking Tennessee to win. Yeah. Pretty convincing. I'm thinking they're going to win like 35, 20, 38 okay. to 24. I, I don't think it's going to be much of a game. Okay. 
All right. Well, yes. I'm also going Tennessee as well. I think it's going to be a little closer, though. I do think LSU defense is going to get some pressure on Hooker. I think this is probably the best pass rush that Hooker has faced so far. So I do think that, you know, that may cause some issues, but I think overall the tempo is going to be too much for LSU defense. After a while, they're going to get gas and Tennessee's going to win. I, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer, maybe like at the most about 10 points. Right. I can see it. All right, next game, another 11 o'clock local time kickoff. Texas and Oklahoma, the Red River shootout. Oklahoma, <laughs> neither team is ranked. Oklahoma is a nine-point underdog. You want to start with this one, Trent? Yeah, well, i start with this one. I'm actually going to – so, uh, Quinn Ewers is, is fair to return. You know, he played pretty well against Bama. Um, for Oklahoma, there's questions about Dylan Gabriel. You know, will he be healthy or not? Um Right now, we just don't know. Like the the status is unknown. So with those questions, I'm gonna go Oklahoma still winning the game because I don't have faith in Texas. This game is always a fifty fifty game. Even when both teams are good, both teams are bad. When one's good and one's bad, it's always a toss up. Um, but I'm gonna take the Sooners just because I don't want to hear Texas is back this week. <laughs> Who you got, King? Um, it's the Red River shootout. But it's not much of a shootout this year. Um, I'm sure both teams are going to come out fighting. However, since both of you guys, I, I'm looking at Oklahoma. They didn't look very good last week. And Texas doesn't hasn't looked good since almost competing with Bama. I'm going to take Bijan in Texas. I think they'll get the win because of Bijan. Okay. Yeah. Brad's playing the game. Yeah. All right. Next game, number 11, Utah at number 18, UCLA. Um, U- Utah is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'll go first. Yeah, go right I made my I made myself clear, I think, um, first in the segment. Utah will win this football game. Lead, pipe, lock. Just, just go. No. <laughs> this is a win for Utah. I mean, I was going to pick Utah. A hundred percent, and after hearing that lead pipe lock, how could I not uh, pick Utah? So definitely going with Utah. All right, I, I agree. Utah is definitely a better team, but after that lead pipe lock, I'm going with UCLA. Let's go! <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, I, I I think uh, Thompson Robinson uh, will have a big game, and you know we'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, number sixteen, BYU. Against Notre Dame in Las Vegas, Notre Dame three and a half point favorite. I have a this question. Is... Go right ahead. Why are two religious schools I know, right? playing in Vegas? Right, <laughs> yeah. Sand City. It, it, they're trying to bring the Lord to Vegas. No big deal. Okay, that's go right ahead, Ron. I I, I just had to ask yeah. that question. Well, you know, I mean, that's a very very fair question, and I hundred percent agree. And this is my, you know, couldn't care less game of the week. Um, I mean, like you said, the headline to, the, to me in this game is that they're playing in Vegas. Yeah. But uh, BYU is a better football team right now. So, I'm going to go with the Cougs. Okay. Shout out Zach Wilson. Oh, I, don't, man. I don't care about. <laughs> I will say, after watching BYU versus Utah State and seeing old Thule, could have been player of the week, son. I think he rides the ship. He won't throw his shoe. 
I think BYU is going to get this win. Mainly because Notre Dame is in shambles. They're almost at A&M level. Almost. Hmm. So, I'm going with BYU this game. Um, I just think that... Yeah, I'm going to be like you. I I, don't, I just don't have faith in, uh, in, in Notre Dame. They burnt me those first couple of weeks, and I just haven't recovered. So I'm going to be you. I think Jaron Hall has a big game. Um, yeah, so be you. All right. All right. So this last game here is going to be Alabama and Texas A&M. With a twist, though. Will Bama cover? 24. <clears throat> All right. If Bryce Young plays, I think Bama covers. If Bryce Young doesn't play, Bama still covers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Saban hates Vegas. So a lot of times he doesn't cover, and he almost purposely does it. Um, however, it's Texas A&M. It's Jimbo. Jimbo. I fully expect – one, obviously, I expect Bama to win. I'm picking Bama. I just, I, I expect, I expect Texas A&M to actually run out the wrong tunnel. Like th- that's what I expect them to do. I, I, I just, the ball is low. They, they can't can, do anything right. Can they break through the paper at the end of that tunnel? <laughs> I'm not sure because if you if you put a quarterback behind it, they won't. But the yeah. Mississippi State uh, tripped over themselves in the tunnel. Yeah, we remember that. <laughs> hey, that's that's where I'm at with Texas. A&M. And you know the crazy part? I would like to see Texas A&M prove me wrong. Yeah, I actually would. I want them to prove me wrong. I got nothing against this school, but this school shows up each and every week and finds a way to be a disappointment. They find a new way. To be a disappointment with all of that talent. So this week I'm taking Bama. Now n- their next game, I'm thinking like Run said, the freshman is going to come in mass. They're they're just going to be out there, well, all over the field. Well, the question is, is this isn't a pick 'em if they win or not? No, no, this no. Is no. A pick 'em with a right. cover. With a cover. Yeah. Oh no, Bama's going to be in by thirty plus. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're covering plus. Yeah, I I don't think Bama covers in the first half. Yeah. <laughs> Bold I do, statement. I do have Bama covering though. Uh, I got Bama winning this game by thirty plus. Also, I think, oh, they, I think they win something like forty-five to ten or something like that. Like, Remember what that, I said in that ballpark. I believe um, Bryce Young gonna be wearing a ball cap in the second half. I don't think Bryce Young needs to play. As I mentioned earlier, like even with Jalen Milrow, the fact that Texas A&M could not stop a run, um, I just think it'll be too much. I just, I, 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 I don't see them covering. Now, watch this game end up being a three-point game in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, 100% going to be since, since we no all way. think it's going to be. Hey, There's we no said way. the same. Go back to when we talked about Texas, Bama. Yeah, exactly. Texas, Bama. It, sounded, it sounded just but, like this. But there's, a di- <laughs> but there's a difference. Texas went out there, gave it everything they had. And in the fourth quarter, they realized they didn't have enough. <laughs> and you know, Unlike the pressure Texas is able to generate on Bama, they're not going to do that. Where is this game? Bama. This oh, they cover. Game. They cover. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just 
I want to see these impact freshmen make step up. You know, some of these guys are really, really highly touted and highly recruited. It, it, it's time they start to step up. So, yeah. Stewart, I'm looking at you. You know, guys like that, I need more. If if I'm Jimbo, I'm saying the NIL we spent for you, Walter, on the up and up, it was all legitimate. We want more. Similar as that. I, I just think they they should be demanding more. Yeah. Um Yeah. I don't know. Uh I don't know. The interesting yeah. thing I find is that the over under is only fifty one, so you know. But they, you know, Bama can't score six. You know, but they could score six. <laughs> so like, they can't do it all by the. So way. like, they're basically saying it's gonna be around thirty eight fourteen ish. But you know, all right. I think I think it's gonna be over that. But yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll like, give Bama forty five to three. <laughs> <laughs> I think they score more than three. I think they. I, I think they get ten. Like Arkansas threw twenty six. Yeah, Arkansas is a better football team. As far as matchup, you know, for Bama, I think Bama was sleepwalking a little bit. Yeah. In that third quarter. Looking ahead to what? I'm not sure what Bama's <laughs> looking ahead to. <laughs> I, I think they just got complacent. They're like, okay, this yeah. game's over. We got AM next week. Even yeah. though it was the third quarter. But no, I, I think Will Anderson's going to be a terror off the edge. Um, I'm curious to see what these Bama safeties and DBs are going to do this week, though. Yeah. They have not played the second and third strings. Well, yeah, I eventually think those kids are going to hit me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like you said, like it's it's. Um, I don't expect it to be close. I mean, I think A and M is in shambles, and I think Bama is um going to really start to find themselves at the end of the season. They're uh, tuning the band up. Yeah. <laughs> So that's our last game to pick, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on this though. Uh, Georgia and Auburn's a 29 point line. This isn't part of the pickup, but do you think they cover as well? Only 29. 29. <laughs> yes. If you if you asked me last week, I was like, I mean, I tell you to call your bookie and make the bets. <laughs> but after after they struggle with Mizzou, I have a few questions. I think they're gonna win. I think they're gonna win easily. I mean, but you know. Four touchdowns is a that's lot. A lot. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I, so, I we talk, so we talk of four touchdowns and a field goal? Mm, I don't know about that. I will say this. Auburn, if there's a team that I had to pick likely <laughs> to run into the school pool instead of the football field, <laughs> I'm picking Auburn. Because oh. – and that's actually a real thing. That's, that actually actually happened. Wait. That what? has happened in the history of college football. A team, listeners, Google it. I'll tell you next yeah. Wednesday. That actually happened. That's the reason why I said that. They used to talk about it on Madden. <laughs> yes. The announcers on Madden. Oh. Wow. But yeah, we maybe need to talk about that next week. Yeah. Is it? No, no. I expect. I mean, look, Auburn can't move the football. They, they got blown out by Penn State. Who's I don't think is very good. Uh, Auburn, I don't know what Auburn does well. Do y'all like where's their strength? What's the you know a positive? Yeah, they've 
Got a I winning mean, record. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got a winning record. Because <laughs> you, know, you know, I make we we mock A and M, but A and M does have a shame, which we didn't talk about. You know? Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, a shame is explosive. He can make some plays. Yeah, that's really uh, the only positive. And, and I like him a lot. Like you know, we talked about the uh, A and well, I don't know, one A and M game earlier this year. Yeah, against Miami, I believe. Yeah, Miami. Like, I think a Shane's going to be a heck of a pro. Put like, but A and M don't know how to use it. At the end of the season, when we're putting together the all INTs team, oh, a Shane looks like he's going to be that running back. Spoiler alert. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like this week, you know, like on paper, it's not the best week of college football, but you know, crazy things always happen, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, oh, any yeah. final thoughts? I don't know. I think we got all the Auburn I, and AM slander out the way. Yeah, yeah I you don't, I don't think you know how much it makes my heart smile. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm starting to think we're not gonna be welcomed with arms wide open in a college station or Auburn. Yeah, no. I, I don't think so either. It's okay. Yeah, we can do an RPO segment on that, and I'm a pass. Oh wow! <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for this edition of IT the podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Day Train, joined by King and Big Run, and we are out of here. Y'all take care of each other. Deuces. Deuces.